The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Top five movies! Movies! Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five. Top five movies. Top five movies. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Top 5 Movies. I'm Jonathan Burke, and with me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hey, hi there. And I'm a little under the weather, and it sounds like Mike is also, um, so bear with us this episode if our voices get scratchy. I apologize in advance for the uh, excessive coughing. Um, I will try to cough away from the microphone as much as possible, but uh, we will be talking about our Top 5 revenge movies this week in honor of the release of peppermint the new jennifer garner film that i'm not that excited about have you guys seen the trailer for it Uh, a little bit i I might no i'm not gonna pay to watch it but i could pretend i'm interested ah Corey. i think that my friends want to see it so i think that's how that's gonna come about but myself personally no i will be using my uh amc a list uh to see it next saturday um, I'm not excited about it per se. I am not a big fan of Jennifer Garner um, in general, and I don't know why. But there's just something about her that I've never like totally clicked with. Like there's certain roles that I've liked her in, but more often than not, I I don't enjoy her. Um, and the is, movie looks really cheesy at times. Is it because she made Ben Affleck and Kevin Smith break up? Is that why? No, it's not. Although that could be, <laughs> but. Um, like I, I, I like her in Juno. Um, I think that role fits her. And I thought she was good in, in Love, Simon from last year, but it's a very small role. Um, but generally speaking, she kind of annoys me more than anything. Um, she, I don't know. She she makes me want to get credit cards. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, she does do one of those Capital One, I think. Um, <laughs> but Oh, see, I'm glad. I couldn't remember. I just know she was doing credit cards. With, yeah, like, I, is that her real dad in that, though? I don't know. It, it. She says it is, so let's hope she's not a liar, too. Um, but she fooled me. She's a fantastic actress. I yes. believe that's her father. Give her the awards, all of them, um, regardless of what movie. But <coughs> the, the this movie coming out got us thinking about our favorite revenge stories, um, which is an area that I've seen a lot, but at the same time, there's a lot of them I've not seen. So I am curious to see uh, what's on your list. And Mike, this feels like it's right up your alley for your uh scary kind of twisted movies because a lot of them i would feel like center around revenge oh you mean they didn't have to have revenge in the title oh no um they did not but if that's what you went with that's even more impressive um (laughs) side note mike i don't know if you've looked at the scoreboard lately but it looks like you are gonna win the summer movie draft uh i thought big big tuna won no, no, he won oh, that was last the time. fantasy draft for like the the Academy Awards. That's way back then. Um, oh, 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 okay. Big Tune okay. is not even a part of the, the summer draft. Um, Oops. <laughs> but uh, no, you're you're up. Um, tomorrow will be the last uh, day that the numbers are reported, um, and you were up by a lot. So like I think almost a hundred like points. So, yeah. So I don't what? think I can catch you. Yeah. Nicely um, done, Mike. Incredible. Totally never too. happens. That <laughs> never. Ha- wow. Yeah, uh, I'd like to thank God <laughs> and uh, not you, Mom, 
Um, oh man, take that. <laughs> no, but um, so in the next week we'll confirm uh, unless something crazy happens and like there's a weird influx in one of the movies that I have on my list uh, to push me over the edge. But I don't think I'm going to catch you because you your Incredibles two combination. I think with Ant Man and Wasp or whatever your first pick was. Um, definitely held that up. Just, that's just weird. Okay, okay, I'll... Yeah, so... Wow. Do remember when you are picking our movies um, that uh, it has to be something accessible to all, um, so preferably something on a streaming service, that way everyone can watch it. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it, please don't kill us. Um, that said... <laughs> let's uh before we get into our top five list if you've never listened to the show um our subject is given to the three of us and we build our list in secret and we reveal them on the episode now so if there's overlap or anything it's a coincidence um and or if cory and i have two similar tastes at times <laughs> um true. last time Boy. last time especially Oof. um Oof. but uh we also like to go into a lot of detail so cory Guys, from here forward, we're going to talk about these movies in great detail. Uh, you've been warned. Um, you can go to BerkReviews.com and check out each of our top five lists. And uh, Mike, as I've already alluded to a couple times if you're new to the show, Mike has a tendency to have seen movies that Corey and I have not even heard of or um, wouldn't want to watch in some cases. Uh, I'm, I am so terrified of Sallow at this point. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> oh, well, and don't forget, don't forget my other go-to terrifying one, uh, a Serbian film. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, Corey and I like to wager how many of Mike's movies on his top five list this week we have seen. Um, I am a little bit afraid of this one, so I'm going to go low. <laughs> um, I think it's gonna like f- going to be few. I always like going episodes like that. Uh, so, Corey, how many, um, how many of Mike's how movies many? do you think you've seen? How many did you say, two? I haven't said any. Oh, oh, I get to go first. I'm letting you go first. I'll go, two. I'm gonna go I was one. You took my number. I, I okay, want one. <laughs> so you know, uh, I'm surprised no one ever goes zero. <laughs> because we have to choose one. I considered five. zero this time to be. But fair. a zero <laughs> is an actual number. It's not. I mean, it's. I considered it. I was. I was uh, weighing it in on this one because um, there's a good chance I've not seen. I have a few in my head that I think would probably be on your list that I've not seen, but I'm very familiar with the subject mm. matter. So I'm wondering if they're going to be on your list, but. That's not how the game works. So, with that said, Corey's going to start us off this week, then Mike, then me, um, and we rotate going from five to one. Corey, what is your number five revenge movie? First, <laughs> I have a footnote. I don't really think this is a footnote, but I have a side note. Mike, please remind me, after we've chosen all five of our films, I want to ask you about a movie that I found while researching mine that I'm interested in seeing, and I feel like you've seen it, but just remind me. Yeah. It'll be odd if it shows up on my list. It'll be great. I'll just ask you then. Cool. My number five is from 1994, mm. and I have not seen this in a long time, <laughs> but it was one of my favorites in high school, and I'm talking about The Crow. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody <laughs> knows it's Brandon Lee's last film, but mm. he and his fiance are set to be married on Halloween and the night before they're brutally murdered by horrible gang and so a year later he comes back to exact his revenge and murder everyone and oh does he get his revenge yeah so and uh, I mean even uh, John Polito as the pawn shop uh, because he wasn't part of it and uh, I guess 
not directly as indirectly he suffers the wrath of that um because he has the guitar right that's the ring the ring the ring that's right they, but, pawned, they pawned the the ring from his fiance but he gets his guitar from there too doesn't he or am i remembering um, wrong? i feel like I he gets it back remember because i can't I, remember i i haven't seen this in a long time either actually i, I it it feels fresher in my memory than I think it actually is, but it's been a long time. But the soundtrack for this movie is also really great. So it good. Is. It's really good. It, it, I have seen it within the last few months. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, and I forget which service it was on. So I sat, and a lot of it still holds up. There are, There is some cheesiness. It's just a shame because w- one of his previous prior films is, um, I want to say it's called, it, it, he was with, was it with Dolph Lundgren? It might not, he was one in with one. He started with one, uh, Dolph Lundgren in one, and there was another one. Rapid Fire. Booth. Rapid Fire, but that's not the one I'm thinking about. I want to say Showdown in Little Tokyo. Hmm. Part of me wants to say Big Trouble in Little Tokyo, but that's not, I don't think. I don't think, it's, think so. Uh, I'd have to dig it up, but it's it just, you know, he was on yeah, his showdown. way up. Showdown in Little Tokyo. Thank you. It was going to bug me. It's, you know, you could see the progression. He was on his way up and just, you know... I, these kind of there's, they hire staff and people for to to handle the weaponry and the props and everything. So, you know, it's just so crazy. Not that, yeah. That, in case the listeners don't know, um, Brandon Lee died on set um, in a very crazy story where a blank that was supposed to be in the gun was not a blank; it was an actual bullet, and they shot him. And I think it, the scene continued on, not realizing that he had been actually shot. Um, and he died because of it and so a freak accident as mike's talking about and yeah it, it's um if you're i'm a big bruce lee buff so there is a legend of a curse on the lee family that the uh mediocre film dragon the bruce lee story dabbles with <clears throat> um mediocre might be kind even it's, it's pretty bad in, in hindsight but um it, it is uh it's very interesting because the, you know bruce lee died suddenly um, he took some aspirin and went to take a nap and never woke up. And then Brandon Lee dies on a on a fluke, uh, like you said, a, an accident that just should not happen on a Hollywood set. Um, and yeah, it's. Um, I think this. So this is kind of weird. You guys know that I love my old lady shows, and I'm pretty sure there's a Forensic Files episode about it, or oh. some other huh. show like that did an episode on it and how. They just don't even like everybody that was on set and the people that were handling those things just couldn't, you know, believe it happened. Oh, yeah. it's just the odds of that happening again. There takes so much, so much care. I mean, how many films are produced for all these different uh, action films? And and yeah, accidents do happen from time to time. And uh, I want to say the most recent one with uh, one stunt person on the train tracks. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. There were risks that were taken there, but this is yeah. a whole different deal. And having watched it again, the um, and the, I think the part of that got me to watch it again is that one line: "It can't rain all the time," mm-hmm. because I think I had mentioned that you know, in, in passing to someone, I don't know if they fully got the reference, so it gave me an opportunity to you know mention where it came from and share the whole little scene with that girl. And she was, was she never was in anything. She does conventions here and there, but I don't know that she did anything else big either. And her name escapes her name escapes me as well. Because it was that scene in the in the rain with the skateboarding. You know who I'm talking about? The little girl that they the befriended. <gasps> you know what? That's got a really weird Tommy Wiseau f- 
feel to it. They've befriended this young child. Oh man, don't do that. Um, let's not Sarah. connect the crow in the room. Um, <laughs> all right, but that, that's a that's a definite good pick, Corey. I I, I had a lot of fond memories of that film. It's mm, definitely, definitely. Uh, I've grown away from it over the years. Like I like I said, I haven't revisited it in a long time, but I still I still enjoyed that film back in the day. So totally good pick. Um, Mikey, what you oh, got for number five? Oh, did any, did any of you ever read the graphic novel? Because that's one I never picked up. J.O. Barr. No, that was adapted. I did watch yeah, the TV show. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you've ever watched uh, Iron Chef of America, um, the guy who is the uh, the <gasps> he master, played the crow. He played the crow, and so I, I, I was a fan of yeah. him from Only the Strong. Was a really mediocre like mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Yep. like. Dangerous Minds with Capoeira uh, that, uh, that I loved when I was a kid. So um, when I found out he was going to be in The Crow, I was like, oh, cool. So I watched that series for a long time. Um, and I, I never saw... I think there's two sequels uh, to The Crow in a film. And one of them is uh, Fez from that 70s show, I think, plays... Um, well, Ed, Edward Furlong played the one. And the second time. Brent, the, um, and then who's a French... There was a French actor that played The Crow. Oh, maybe Neither I'm None of them were as good as the original. Yeah, no. it's, hard. it's difficult to top that. I did like the show, though. I gotta say, I, I don't. I mean, I was young I when it was on, that. but I didn't. I did enjoy it at the time. But it was probably just because of the martial arts, because I, I just liked See, anything with martial arts at the time. I'll have to dig that up. I'm, I'm curious myself now. Yeah, so. I'm sure it's awful. So I, I apologize in advance, but at the time, martial arts. So, uh, Mike, what do you got for number five? All right, well, I've got to be honest, this list was initially really difficult to narrow down, and even more so to narrow down to ones that you probably haven't heard of, because I actually <laughs> made it a point to do so. So, Snap. This one, my number five, uh, was an immediate add to my list. It, even though it was an immediate, it, there were other ones for me that definitely warranted a higher place, but I may not mention her in every list I make, but in the past I've mentioned how Sally Field is someone that I hold dear to my heart. Even uh, I grew up on Gidget and the Flying Nun reruns, mostly Gidget. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that too keen on the Flying Nun, but Gidget for sure, and whenever that's on, I just go I just go back to being young, you know, young again. And so that's how long it's been, many, many years that she has uh, been the, the, um, the, the receiver of unrequited like from afar um her and winona Ryder. so it was my surprise to see her in 1996's eye for an eye um it was directed by john schlesinger who also directed uh, i think one i mentioned before sunday bloody sunday same guy that, uh, mm. that wrote uh, silence of the lambs and red dragon it was a totally different ah. it was a serial killer it was a terrorist it was actually a it was really weird. That plot point was a terrorist attack on Super Bowl. So, besides that, I digress. In any case, Sally Field plays pretty much the type. She plays Karen, the mother of two daughters, and married to Ed Harris. And her oldest is murdered and assaulted, attacked by Kiefer Sutherland's character named Robert Dube. That's just hmm. a terrible name. It is. The kicker. The kicker is that she could only helplessly listen um, on. To, on the other end of a phone while ah. that the whole thing is being taking place and despite the fact that there's substantial evidence against him he gets acquitted on a discovery technicality and at, at, through the whole proceeding he taunts and just he's, he's he 
Kiefer Sutherland and his dad do when they play a role, you know, this antagonist kind of role. They really, he really did well. He was just he was easy to despise. And from that point is where Eye for an Eye takes off. Um, Man, I watched I watched this long before being a parent, and it had an effect. This was '96, so this was way before. And it's been a long while since I've viewed it, and I figure it's probably be a difficult watch having children of my own. Yeah, but um, it's uh, it's just a different kind, different role for Sally Field, and that's probably what made it stick out for me. Um, I mean, I was shocked because when I saw Ed Harris, I was totally thinking he would be the villain, and no, <laughs> yeah, not. you would um, think no, no, he's a supportive husband. Uh, there's a very key scene at the end, and yeah. Yeah, I like her as well. Um, I feel like I remember hearing about this movie, uh, but I, I definitely did not see it. I don't. It does sound like it could be a really tough watch. Um, but uh, and Corey, I assume you're on the same page as me, not seeing this. I feel like <coughs> I this came up when I was looking at something else, probably in the last few weeks, and I really want to see it because I really like both of them, and I feel like it's something. Like it sounds so familiar, but yeah, you know what I mean. But I, was I mean, it's so... a common expression, so that could be what's triggering that for both of us. That like eye for yeah, eye, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it well, definitely and, makes sense. And you're gonna find a lot through the common thread in this that that, that loss and the certain you know this that's got familiar to it. In fact, I'm looking through most of these. I'm like, ooh, I'm, I just realized the theme, except for the one. So yeah, well. um... I am going to go to my number five. Uh, I'm pretty sure you, I think you both have seen this, and maybe not, but um, I went with 1995's uh, Robert Rodriguez's film Desperado, um, starring <laughs> Antonio Banderas, Selma Hayek. Uh, one of my favorite elements was I didn't remember Steve Buscemi being in it. I just recently revisited this. I watched El Mariachi for the first time, which is the first one that really sets up the revenge story that is Desperado. Um, uh, I guess technically spoiler for El Mariachi um, his new love interest is killed by a drug cartel or a drug lord, um, and in Desperado, he's looking to seek vengeance on that man. Um, not to mention, he also shot him in his hands when he's a guitar player, hence El Mariachi. Mm-hmm. So he's left his hands scarred, um, and he has a hard time playing now. So it's like he's completely de- con- devoted himself Broken. to the guns. Exactly. So he's looking for vengeance. Um, he ends up meeting Selma Hayek, who kind of replaces the love interest, but he's not quite done um, with the revenge yet. And then Steve Buscemi is like his assistant who goes ahead of him to the uh, the drug lord's bars and kind of like sets the tone, like tells this like epic story that he just saw this basically tells like the Batman story like that. Uh, this guy, he just, he's crazy. He's larger than life and he's shooting all these people. And it's really, it's really funny. That's the thing I like about the movie so much is it's really crazy action, but Rodriguez interjects humor so perfectly. Uh, I really, really like the films. But um, there's some moments where uh, Banderas really gets to show like how badass he is. Um, my favorite scene, uh, it's so simple, but um, he's hiding in a in Selma Hayek's bookstore, and the the drug guy he wants to kill is right there. And he's hurt, and he's he's exhausted, and his gun's not loaded. And he's trying to load his gun quietly. <laughs> and it's just like watching that scene play out. And it's cross-cutting back and forth to the conversation that Selma Hayek's having. You see Banderas trying real carefully, and he makes a little bit of a noise. And when he does, he like he whispers. He's like, ooh, like like he's aware of like he almost wrecked everything. And it's it's just he's so 
awesome and so cool. He so owns that role, and I, I've been uh, really high on that movie since I rewatched it. I saw it as a kid, and I liked it when I was a kid because you know there's a lot of action, there's explosions, there's crazy. The the gunfight at the end is over the top ridiculous. I mean, the, the guys have like automatic machine guns actually in guitar cases where they're just holding the guitar case and it's shooting. <laughs> One of them's or, a, or, and the RPG, the, the RPG guitar, guitar RPG. case, yeah. It's it's how do you, so how great. How does that even work? It's like it's, crazy. It's so great. That's just it's like you can tell he had money this time around, so he went big. Oh um, yeah, that, and the it's, difference. It's fun, man. It's just a fun movie. The difference between the El Mariachi and the Desperado, which basically, in all for all intents and purposes, Desperado was let's do El Mariachi, but with the budget. Yeah, um, but it is a continuation. With, it, like it, it, it does pick up where the other one left off. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, that has been so long, and I, I still am a fan. I think his all his, even the kids ones, I, I get along yeah. with. But I need to um, rewatch um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico City. Uh, that one might be the weakest link. Yeah, but I would give it. I would give it another go. It might have grown on me over over time. But mm-hmm. Desperado, that's like the pinnacle. Um, of, from Dust Till Dawn, I was I was a fan of. Yep. Um, I mean, Sin and City. even uh, yeah, Sin City and uh, Planet Terror. Um, I've not I mean, watched Planet Terror to... yet. You have not? No, no, I do have it. Oh, I just haven't watched wow. it. Wow. Yeah, I've seen Death Proof. I haven't watched Planet Terror. Um, which that was the the Grindhouse d- double. Um, and then he has <laughs> coming out December. Uh, he has Alita Battle Angel, um, produced by James Cameron and directed by Robert Rodriguez. Um. Which hmm. looks interesting. It also looks like it could be pretty bad. Christoph Waltz is in it as well. Um, it, it, you know, it's hopefully it'll be good because I, I am a fan of Rodriguez and what he's doing for uh, young directors like our friend Alejandro Montoya Marin, um, who's the director of Monday uh, Monday Film. Take if you haven't found that, I highly recommend that you search to see when it's going to be playing. It's going to be on the El Rey Network very soon. <coughs> nice. So, um. That's my number five, Desperado. Uh, Corey, did you have you ever seen Desperado? Not in a very long time. Mm. Oh, okay. I do. Yeah. I, Cheech Marin's got a really fun part, and so does Tarantino. Actually, <laughs> when Tarantino shows up in it, um, for the few scenes that he's in, or the few, the one scene that he's in, but it's it's pretty funny. Um, all right, let's go to number four, Corey. What do you have for number four? Okay, guys, I actually rewatched this today. <coughs> oh. Um, yeah, I've been wanting to rewatch it because I haven't seen it. Oh, probably since it came out for home viewing, but um, I chose 2005's Hard Candy. Yep. Yep, that's... Oof. That's my number Back four be- as well. <laughs> I love it! Back before we knew <laughs> that Ellen Page would go on to be Juno, but before we... I didn't even realize... You know what I mean? When I saw Juno, I just, you know, I didn't... But anyways... um. 14-year-old takes matters into her own hands to yeah. bring a pedophile to justice. I love the end. Mm-hmm. I... Mm, it's hard to see Patrick Wilson in that mm-hmm. type of role. For I sure. really like him. He does a great job. He I'm does. not saying anything about him <laughs> not doing a great job. It's just... Uh, it's hard to see... You know what I mean? Some actors and those horrible, horrible parts... Um, but yeah, that's my, and I, I mean, we've already given spoilers. I love that she gives him the choice at the end 
Well, she gives him the choice twice, um, that if he ends himself, she'll get rid of all the evidence. Um, And I, for some reason, thought, um, before watching it again today, that the girl that was kidnapped and murdered was her close friend. But upon, like, watching it this time, it doesn't seem to be that way. Yeah, it's more like she's a vigilante, um... Uh, yeah. seeking out anyone who is doing this like that's the it's it's hard to tell because she she's lying to him throughout the film mm-hmm. i mean oh, and yeah. that's a big you know she changes her story multiple times is where she really gets to show off her acting skills to me because she's not just acting for us she's acting for him too like she's I, changing I was thinking character. That she's an actress playing an actress yeah um yeah uh just crazy um I just watched it uh, during the 366 challenge two years ago um, for the first time because I am a fan of Ellen Page, mainly from Juno, but I also love Whip It um, and oh, so Super, uh, James Gunn. Um, and I just watched Into the Forest, yeah. um, and there are some hard parts in that movie, but I, 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 I liked it. I don't mm-hmm. want to say that I necessarily enjoyed it, yeah, but it's yeah. a good movie. It has some tough scenes in it, but she's really good in it, um, and so was Evan Rachel Wood. Um, mm-hmm. Who I wasn't super familiar with before that, but uh, Hard Candy, um, I really I like how how small it is. You know, it's really just the two of them in the movie, yeah. um, and it's intense. And uh, man, there's some there's some. I wouldn't say it's humor, but it like because he's a pedophile. Like when she pretends to to castrate him, and like how that whole scene plays out, <laughs> it's yes. it's yeah. it's pretty great. It's... Um, this was her breakout role, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah, so. you could you could tell pretty quickly she was going places. It's just, it's, I, I I can't even remember how old she would be. How do you coax? How do you just get a performance like that? Because it's all dialogue. It's all them back and forth. Yeah, it's very like you said, very small, very. Uh, I hate to use the word, but very intimate between the both of them. Yeah, uh, in a, in a sense, because it's you know so dialogue heavy, and then it goes in one direction where you think and the tables are turned um i always like the red uh hoodie yeah, element of it that little red riding hood kind of deal which mm-hmm. they alluded to um it it reminded me of um oh. freeway that we mentioned a long while back with reese witherspoon mm-hmm. but oh. that was a that was a more literal liber- literal updating of oh, actual red riding hood uh, fairy tale with Kiefer sutherland playing the heavy again Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's oof, that holds up. Didn't make my list. Didn't even uh, click on my honorable mentions. So oh wow, that was uh-huh. that was one right away that I was like, uh, it's going on my top five because I I really um, I like the mindset. I have not seen a girl with a dragon tattoo, but I my understanding is that is very similar. Um, and not necessarily similar, but she's a vengeful like vigilante. At least that the new movie that's how they're selling it. The uh, the spider web the something in the spider web girl in the spider web or something something like that yeah um which isn't rooney mara but i like the actress whose name i have forgot but she's also in first man (laughs) um Um, i like the the one that played the foreign language version is numi yeah uh numi Uh, rapice i think thank you um i think she never pronounced her last name she's really that's that's, that I, I was right there with you, Corey, because I'm like, uh, how do you say that? Um, yeah. I need to watch those. I've not seen any of them, to be honest, but, like, the, my understanding of the premise, they're all, like, I don't know if rev- they wouldn't fall under revenge, I don't think, but they are, like, vigilante, like, uh, elements, but 
All right, um, so that's Corey and my number four. Uh, again, we, we alluded to this possibility. Um, I didn't. I forgot that we were both big Ellen Page fans, so I should have known this would be on your list. But um, anyways, Mike, that leaves to you for number four. Uh, what you got? Good thing I'm here because my number four is not that one. So I, yes. I would have I would have admitted if it were. It's not. Um, so I don't want you to get this one confused with the other film named Red that starred Bruce Willis and John Malkovich. This one stars the original Hannibal Lecter and yes there was someone else that played Hannibal Lecter besides Anthony Hopkins before he made it his role Brian Cox is the lead in Red this is from 2008 and it has a very familiar plot point in Hmm. that the Red from the title is Avery Ludlow that's who Brian Cox plays that's his beloved dog Red who is given to him by his late wife as a 50th birthday uh, gift uh oh so, as a result of a robbery gone wrong, there's three thugs, punk kids, um, that are that happen to hit upon Avery here, huh. and um, all they can get out of him is 30 bucks, so the dog is killed because of it in a rage. So, he does try, and I may be getting the, I'm just going to say Avery, because they do shorten it, so... Um, he attempts to go through the proper channels with regards to his dogs and finds no solace in the justice system. In fact, they try to turn him down. They're, this isn't going to go anywhere. I mean, it would be a civil matter, and it kind of goes with that. And at that point, things escalate to the point where his business gets burned to the ground. And, yeah, it has a couple of similarities with a, the other much yeah. more action-packed and higher-grossing film. But for me, what distinguishes it from that one and I think it goes back to what we just were saying about Hard Candy it's that kind of slice of life feeling to it it's it very much it's not I wouldn't say really gritty It's but it's relatable It's it, one could very likely believe that these events could actually happen and possibly because it was adapted from a novel by um, author Jack Ketchum and if you don't recognize that name he wrote um, The Girl Next Door um, Ellen Page um did not play in that film but uh, she played in a different name film I want to say an American I gotta dig it up because it's all based around the same situation where a neighborhood girl was abused and tortured and eventually killed by a neighbor her family and their friends and true life story Um, and the same author wrote The Woman I don't know if you guys have ever heard of The Woman it's totally different Uh, it's basically kind of a, a savage woman that has lived on the land and she's found by someone and it's kind of it's like a very much a morality tale uh, anyway two totally different reads and watches all together but if you go into the into the film with the knowledge that this is an action-packed and it's very subdued you'll probably be oh. pleased with it um i gotta dig up the name of the other one because it's it, it's gonna bug me and it has ellen page in it hmm. um <clears throat> Sorry, I but don't... that's my that's my uh, my number four red from two thousand eight. I had not heard of it. Um, it. I am now intrigued by it, especially because of that similarity to the other movie that you're referencing that we're not saying just yet. Um, maybe it'll come up later. Maybe it won't. We'll find out. Um, an Amer- an American crime is the one that starred Ellen Page. So there okay. we are. There's our Ellen Page. Uh, that's and, a totally different film. And that's a film I've not seen. So another mm-hmm. one to add to my my queue. Um. That that again, my number four was Hard Candy, just like Corey. Uh, so now we're back to Corey for number three. I'm just really proud that I've seen one of the movies in that paragraph that 
Mike just talked about Woman, uh, which is a hard watch. It is really difficult to watch, especially because she is coming into air quotes here because um, you can't see them. Civilization and the way the father uh, and what and he does, the and then the son. Yeah, because he's young. He just picks up. He's doing what he's what he's told. I mean, it's not an excuse, but that's what example he's given, and it's pretty horrible. There was a there was another related film, but I cannot remember that, that deals with the rest of the the feral uh, people that were she came from. Uh, oh, um, well, my number three is the movie that we would not name a moment ago. I chose John Wick. Okay, so also yes, here we are. Also, happy birthday to Keanu Reeves, yes. who's fifty four today, guys. Yes, wow. but immortal, if, so he's actually not. If he uh, wasn't so nice, I'd think he was Scientologist because he is not uh, aging. Well, um, I'm, 50, I'm 54. Yeah, you sound like a sex predator. Um, <laughs> oh, no! Lord. Right after we talked about... Uh, yeah, oh, no. Uh, no, he's not. He's not. Many of no, those, no, 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 no. How many of those have you heard speak? I mean, a lot of movies. Um, oh, jeez. So. Um, mm, I need more chloroseptic. Yes. <laughs> um, I thought a moment ago that you were referring to John Wick, um, but <laughs> I was like, "What?" Um, oh, I. Mm. But anyways, I I was very against watching this movie, mm-hmm. and then I just really liked it. Mm-hmm. And don't kill a dog. Mm. <laughs> Seriously. That makes me mad. This is probably the only movie that I'd watch again where a dog gets killed. <coughs> yeah, Corey was not happy with me because uh, we watched this for Movie Club. I think like one of the first episodes because John Wick Two was coming out. Um, and I don't think you were thrilled about the uh, that scene, but you I did like the movie. Cried. Yeah. yeah, probably cried. That's a tough scene. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep my comments on the movie empty for now. Uh, I'll fill that in later. Um, it is not my number three, I will say Spoiler. that. Uh, Mike, do you have anything to add about John Wick? Um, this was one, that one was one, and I hesitate, I, one, it, 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 was, it was that syndrome, everybody loved it, so I was very resistant, and then finding out that plot point, and then reading the spoilers, but it was one that, I'm like, whoa, how is, just the frenetic pacing, and everything they did with the action, and that whole, you know, that safe haven hotel and these elements, mm-hmm. I, I just, um, I, I'm like, why did I not? That that would have been a big screen watch, had I. And, and I should learn my lesson. I'm just old in my and, and <laughs> adamant and obstinate in my ways, and really missed the boat on it, and missed. I, I haven't watched the sequel uh, because. How do you improve on that first one? Oh, it was real good though, and I'm super excited for the third one, which mm-hmm. I was third reading earlier. Oh yeah, goodness. he's oh, yeah. got to keep going. He's got to yeah, keep well, going. Oh, that's true. They did leave it open, didn't they? Well, yeah. if you see the oh, second, way. well, you haven't seen the sequel, so like, you have no clue. I, 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 I tuned in somewhere online and, and saw um, oh, okay. where he he had broken the rule and. Okay, so you saw some of the sequel. Yeah, I saw I saw the ending. I'm like, oh, I guess I better watch the rest. And it's, I, I there's some really yet. good action sequences in that movie. Uh, there's a particularly great one with Common, the uh, the rapper. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, but, I need to watch it. Yeah, 
you know, they should like rescreen the first two when they put out the third one. They probably will, but they'll probably all be in the same day so that people who work won't be able to see them. But I just think it'd be fun. Um, Mike, I don't know. You haven't seen the picture floating around from the set for John Wick 3 where he's Keanu Reeves is riding on a horse, uh, pointing a gun at a guy <gasps> on a motorcycle. Um, that's what that's from? Yeah. I've seen the memes of it. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, that's uh, from John oh. Wick 3. Because um, they're, oh they're shooting gosh. it now. Yeah. Uh, so on a horse, on a horse, taking down a motorcycle guy. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm, I am looking forward to it because I do like the second one. Um, the first one is, I think, better, but the second one is still really strong. Um, all right, uh, let's go to Mike's number three, and then we'll go to mine. Oh, we're back to me. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, so this one is. Oh man, and I hate pronunciation. I hate getting it wrong because you know I'm still in the process of learning all these new names from a hundred and some plus of my kids. But uh, James Wan, W A N. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, oh, yeah. so he he helmed this and star. It starred Kevin Bacon from 2007 Death Sentence, huh. and in my mind, it had a lot that was similar to Death Wish. And I'll be honest, I really thought I was convinced. It was taken from the same property, same author. Um, but f- upon reading what I did today, it is not a copy. doesn't seem to be any relation in any way. Um, but in any case, in a similar way that Sally Fields' Karen and my previous pick was let down by the legal system, Kevin Bacon's character, Nick Hume, is robbed of justice by attorneys looking to strike up plea deals and reduce sentences. They don't get acquitted. <laughs> they don't get acquittal of the criminals. But... Uh, to say this is gritty is, I mean, it can't be any grittier than eating a bowl of grape nuts dry, which I would not recommend. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, the death of Nick's son is so brutal an event to be privy to, and then the events that escalate that follow take you on a roller coaster ride of viscera and loss. And huh. I've some of my recommendations in the past have always suggested following following it up with something to bring one's spirits up um, and dependent on which version you watch there are two versions at least in the ending either or you will probably need something to because it's not one you want to sit on just it's just again it's those issues of family loss and I mean when you he literally has his Mikey there gunshot it's it's oh, much yeah. more personal it yeah. just cut out for me too okay hello yeah you're back now but we lost you for a second there oh um, that's weird yeah no worries um that's strange um it's it, it's a tough watch and <laughs> i almost put it to number one but once we get to that one you'll see why i pushed that one up so there we are all right i've not seen it um it is a kevin bacon movie so you know that says something um, <laughs> uh, the reviews are, eh, but uh, well, it just I, stuck with me. Movies like I think the revenge movies. I've seen a pattern with mine um, for the first two at least, where they're in the fifties with Metascore, mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. I think it's the subject matter is not going to appeal to everybody, and it's they're inherently tough a lot of times, or sometimes cheesy or over the top violent. Like Desperado gets kind of crazy with the violence. Um, it gets ridiculous at times. It's very campy and silly and fun, though it's so much fun. Um, hard candy, same thing. It's you know, it's it's dark. It's not something that's gonna everyone's gonna click with. And I think we all have, I think a little dark sensibility. Mike, obviously, I would say the most um, of the three of us. But 
uh, you know, we like our dark humor and stuff like that. So the revenge movies just kind of sit with us. Um, I guess we're oh, we're on to me. Unless Corey, have you seen this Kevin Bacon movie? I haven't. What so far? And she's actually a big James Wan fan, so I think that's a bigger shock. Yeah. What? Uh, this I one was... must have flew under your radar. Yeah. What was the title one more time? I'm like looking at Kevin Bacon's. De- Death sentence. Death Don't look sentence. at Kevin Bacon's. You're gonna be there forever. Was, like, <laughs> well, I was looking at James Wan too, and okay. I was like, oh. Um, uh, I, I was really looking forward to it, and I forget what happened. I don't know that it got a real big distribution oh, or anything. Oh, I forgot he was in it. I was just so focused Sold. on Kevin Bacon. Oh, All right, so you're good. Yeah, yeah, dig it, it up. Dig it up. Um, my number three is one that has a very high critic score, uh, because it stars Jeff Bridges. Matt Damon, Josh Berlin, and Haley Steinfeld introduced in the feature film debut hmm. for True Grit um, from 2010, mm-hmm. uh, where she hires um, a U.S. Marshal Jeff Bridges to uh, pursue her father's murderer, um, and that's played by Josh Berlin, uh, one of the first of the Coen's trilogy that he's done now, because he did True Grit, uh, No Country for Old Men, and then Hail Caesar, um, three movies that I love so, so much. Um, I was really blown away with True Grit. I kind of had no interest going into it. Um, I'm not... Well, when I watched this for the first time was during my 366 challenge. Uh, I was not a fan of Westerns at the time. I think I've changed slightly on that. I don't like all Westerns necessarily, but I've, I think I've changed in general. I don't like to blanket statement any genre because I think I like something in every genre. Um, <clears throat> but... Uh, I was really blown away by this movie. Uh, Bridges is so good, and I do think this is the film that sets him off on the cowboy uh, trajectory that he now only plays cowboys, apparently. Um, as pretty much every movie system, he has played a version of this character. Um, but I, I love this character. And obviously, this is a remake. I've never seen the original with John Wayne. I know that might be sacrilege to those who are fans of John Wayne and or Westerns, but um, I am a huge Coen Brother fan, and that's why I actually... Uh, ventured into this, I was prepping, um, I think I watched a whole week's worth of Cohen films in preparation for Hail Caesar that year, and, uh, I watched the big ones I had not seen, which were several, this was one of them, um, Barton Fink, Miller's Crossing, um, and, uh, I believe I watched No Country for Old Men that same week, um, and Josh Berlin has also become one of my favorite actors, but, uh, this movie is great, it gave us Haley Steinfeld, which, some people might not think is a good thing, but I love Edge of Seventeen, and I like her in Pitch Perfect too. Um, I don't know about her musical career outside of that. Apparently, she's got one. But uh, this movie, she's terrific, um, and definitely goes against her current type because she is supposed to be very plain, um, you know, like normal looking, not not at all. Um, you know, she's unassuming, fourteen year, years old, I think, when she plays the role too. And she's my God, she's terrific in the movie. So. And also another one of her break, uh, that's her break, breakout role. Yes, right? it is. Yes, big time. Just ama- Can you imagine, I mean, at that age and that performance and career, <laughs> uh, musical career notwithstanding, because I'm not really a fan of music, mm. just because I guess she parlayed that into that, into that yeah. and just, uh, I'm curious, she's one of the reasons I'm curious about Bumblebee, I'm really uh-huh. leery about it, but then I'm like, oh, why is she so, f-? then I realized, okay, um, but it's also directed by Travis Knight, 
who uh, directed Kubo right. and the Two Strings and fa- helped find so Leica that's, Studios. So. That's also a positive. Yep. But yeah, um, I'll be honest, and we've had this, this discussion, I don't remember the John Wayne one very much. Um, so going into it, well, I mean, Joel and Ethan Cohen, just about anything they touch is going to turn to gold. Yeah. And if you disagree with that, I don't know that we can be friends. Um, <laughs> so there we are. Corey, have you seen True Grit? I have not. Oh, Corey, this is a must-watch. Um, I know, and I was just thinking that I have seen nowhere near as many of the Cohen films as you have, but I mm. was appreciating while you were talking about it how different all of the films that I have seen mm. by them are. are. Yeah. Yep. Like, but there I, are some tonal consistencies. Uh, but yeah, stylistically, they vary quite a bit. Or like, I feel like too, our the characters are very different. Mm-hmm. I, I love Inside Lewin Davis. Me too. That one. Like, that's one. I, that's one I've missed. I need to watch that. It's on Prime. Uh, awesome. I need to. Dig and that I was gonna up. say when I go by the <laughs> when I go by the Criterion, I'll send you my Blu-ray. <laughs> um, were they involved in the Hudsucker Hutz, Proxy? Yeah, I've not seen that one. Ooh. Okay, that one is a that one's a pass. That one's one that just didn't work for me. But I might could try it again. I do like Tim Robbins. Paul Newman's not bad. Jennifer Jason Lee, she must play a crazy. Oh woman. yes, no, and I think um, Intolerable Cruelty is one I've not seen with uh, I think that's what it is with Clooney and um, Michael Douglas. Zeta- that's it, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Zeta Jones. Um, I've not so seen that a, one. There's a couple of gaps in my viewing, but overall, if they're involved, I'm going to love it, and uh, I can I could probably watch Miller's Crossing every day. I just that mm, that film. Well, that's my number three, guys. Let's go uh, to Corey's number two. Okay, <laughs> we did a very extended movie club um, episode on this film. Oh, it oh. is what the hand. You remember? Yeah, I chose that. Yes, I chose that. Awesome. Um, it's really. I feel like I need to watch the movie again, but it's so long and so much happens that I feel, I kind of feel a little overwhelmed even thinking about watching it again, but it's a very good movie. There's just so much that happens. There's so much double crossing, treachery around every corner, um, and I do really like the end. Um, Our main character, and I can't pronounce their names, but she's a lady, and you know, I don't really know what to say about the movie. But she gets, um, <coughs> she, you know, gets revenge against her uncle, who is a terrible, terrible man, and sells, um, like, really old books, but... Ugh. Yeah, there's a lot of sexuality in this movie in some awful, yeah. awful ways. Um, it's, a, man, I didn't even think about it as a revenge story, but it totally is a revenge story. Um, and an excellent film, and that was a uh, 2015, I believe. 2016. 2016. That's right. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I forgot the title of it, so I had to go digging. Um, yeah, it's but... not. Don't confuse it with The Handmaid's Tale. It's The Handmaiden. Um, it's a, I believe, a Korean film. Um, <laughs> and it's super, super good. Definitely hard R. Uh, like extremely hard R. Maybe even NC17. Um, the sex scenes in the film are explicit, uh, for sure, 
but uh, I would say they're earned. Um, what happens in the movie is intense, and it's also it pulls slightly from like a Rashomon uh, narrative structure. Um, not exactly, but it it does weave multiple narratives together um, from different perspectives, and it's very very compelling as a result. Um, the storytelling is fantastic. Thank you. Wish I could add to this. I'm just other than putting it on my watch list. Yeah, it's a it's a must see. I, I think like you would really it. like it. But you gotta definitely be careful where when you watch it because like you don't want John walking in at the wrong moment because it's super explicit. Uh, I've I've found any more. You know, it's ironic you said that. He's oblivious to a lot more than I realize. Oh. Uh, not that I'm, not that I'm gonna be popping up, but I yeah. forget. There's a couple things that've been that've been on not you know craziness but he just kind of waltzes by and doesn't even notice Hmm. which i guess is handy for me i suppose yeah yeah no you know um i i i have surround sound in my uh where i watch most of my movies and there's a few where i get very like nervous because i'm like it's way too loud like why does the scene like have to be so graphic 25 Um, minutes long it feels like every time too Uh. yeah um, that's that. That's the one scene in Irreversible. Ah, uh, yeah, it's funny that movie keeps coming up. Um, I think Big Tuna mentioned that uh, recommendation from you the other day or something like that. Um, something like that. But uh, that's a definitely great number two pick. I'm very curious what your number one is because that's actually I think I know what your number one is, but we'll we'll see. I feel like you know what my number one um, is, and it's probably the movie I left off my list because I'm anticipating it being on your list, but. Um, I wonder what my number one is. I wonder what your number two is, Mike. We'll Probably start with something that. we've never even heard of. <laughs> oh, my number two? You ready? Yeah, we're ready. All right, so it was really, really tempting to include the original of this particular franchise in my picks. However, that was not the one that I watched. I actually was taken to the theater to watch Death Wish 2 in 1982, ah. so... That said, I was nine years old. I should not have been watching Death Witch 2. No. Um, uh, how I even got... I don't even know how I got in. Because I don't think anyone was with me. They bought the ticket and sent me on my way. So that's clearly left an indelible scar mark on my psyche. And that's probably why it's in my number two. Uh, honestly, any other Death Wish entry after this one becomes an exercise in camp especially if I remember correctly, part five, uh, which has Charles Bronson, who is in an advanced age handling an RPG. Homeboy gets highly, highly armed after Death Wish 1 and 2 when he was using just revolvers. So all the elements are here, family assault, eventual murder. Paul Kiersey, which is Charles Bronson's character, is taking up arms to take vengeance on those who have taken his daughter. Now his daughter has been killed in the first one. His 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 wife uh, was killed. As well as his housekeeper. Um, actually, his daughter is not killed in the initial attack. She ends up taking her own life. So there's that on top of oh. it. Yeah. So yeah, it's horrible. And I'm like the scene that that happens in. Like <clears throat> I'm thinking back to my nine year old self. I'm like, oh. And yeah, it might be campy now, but again, at that time period, it was not stuff I should have been watching. It yeah. is not high cinema in any sense of the word. And it's been floating around in my mind for. It'll pop up on some of those little off channels. Uh, oh yeah, here and there, and it'll be the edited version. Now I will say, it was tough not picking the first one because in the original, Jeff Goldblum makes an appearance as one of the toughs. Oh. Yeah, way back when. Oh man. Yeah. Um, so it was tough. It was tough. So I went with two though because that I, one has. 
I don't think I've ever sat through any of them in their entirety, with the exception of Eli Roth's and Bruce Willis's uh, remake from la- uh, from this year. I guess it was this year. I don't even remember. It was a, it was bad. Um, I think my grandpa liked the the. Like, I think he used to watch them on like TNT or TBS, like you know the chopped up edited r- uh, runs of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I definitely saw clips of it, and I did watch the. Uh, documentary about canon films um during the 366 challenge so i saw a lot of clips of death wish as those were uh, some of the epitome of what made canon canon and um yeah like they are i know the you know I, I don't think i could ever go back to the first one because of the extended rape sequence in the film yes um, oh yeah yeah so uh yeah I, I don't think i'm going to be checking those off any list anytime soon so well, on the second one too and it's like uh and but I, it's stuck in my mind. Uh, oh, yeah, no, self. I mean, yeah, totally. God, I can't imagine how uh, traumatizing that movie could be. Um, Corey, have you seen any of the Death Wishes? I have not. Well, don't wish to. Ha-ha, <laughs> boom. Um, oh. My number one, no, not number one. Sorry, folks, I, I jumped ahead. Uh, I didn't say it, so it's okay. My number two um, is from 2003, uh, and I could have picked the remake from 2013, but I didn't because I haven't watched it yet, and also I hear it's awful. But Old Boy um, from 2003, uh, directed by Chanwook Park. Um, if you've not seen Old Boy, I won't spoil this one because holy crap, uh, that reveal is one of the the. It's a payoff for all the craziness that you go through in this movie, and there's some really awesome filmmaking stuff in this. Um, the main guy goes kind of crazy for a little while, and you're not sure what you're seeing for a bit there's this awesome fight scene uh where he he takes all the dude's teeth out with a hammer i mean it is Oof. it I is intense um stuff like that super super revenge oriented uh just to make sure everyone understands this after being kidnapped and imprisoned for 15 years ode su is released only to find that he must find his captor in five days um and he's released kind of out of nowhere and he finds out what happened to him and the whole reason uh, why he was in prison? I mean, it is, it is such a crazy film in so many ways. I am very curious because the remake, the American remake, uh, Spike Lee directed, Josh Berlin stars. <coughs> it sounds like it should be great, but I've heard it is not. Um, I do own it now though because I found it for three bucks and I had to buy it because I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get it while I can. Um, but I love this one. Uh, again, love is a strong word because of what the subject is, but. It was such a, an experience. I mean, it, it is a ride, and there's so, so many great filmmaking elements to this movie, and it's part of what uh, Chanwick Park calls his revenge trilogy. Um, there are three movies that are linked together through uh, thematically, and revenge is that theme. So, but I've only seen this one. It's so in its original f- format, stay the original version. I, I don't even know how they would even attempt to try to make remake it i mean i I just don't it's just outrageous how just you you can't you really do have to go into it fresh and i can't even bring up stuff because yeah you you started getting into the plot points and it you it's an experience and it is that's that's a south korean film correct i believe so and um it's definitely yeah i would assume all art films from korea have to be from south korea uh um the the stuff coming out of South Korea, um, uh, Train to Busan, yes. The Tunnel, um, what's uh, I the saw handmaiden. the Devil, uh, the Handmaiden, which I, I that I'm going to gravitate to, and I wish see because John is really into foreign film much more uh, than Abby is, and um, 
I just lost my thought. Oh, I saw The Devil, which sadly is no longer on Netflix. Uh, oh, man. That one, um, I that one should have been a pick. But it, I think I've mentioned it before. and just It's not quite to the level of old boy, but talk about affecting and the murder of a, <laughs> a character. Well, it, it's basically a serial killer. He murders who someone who happens to be the fiance of a police inspector, and also the daughter of someone who's high ranking in the police department. It goes from there, and it just gets brutality. It doesn't sufficiently su- uh, def- define it, and think not quite to the level of old boy, but who it's it's out yeah. there, and you just it's perfectly titled. I saw the devil just it works, and I could watch that again. It's not an easy watch, but. Mm. Mm. stuff coming out of south korea that's up yeah. there and old boy is fantastic so if you've skipped it um i think it was on netflix at one point i don't know if it still is but man it is it's a, it's a tough watch and it, it, it's definitely not i think all the movies pretty much in some way true grit is the most uh family Accessible. friendly yeah, yeah. yeah of the films we've talked about for sure um it is it is PG thirteen, I think even it might it might be R, but if it is, it's for language because there's not a whole lot. Even the violence is fairly tame. Um, but the other movies definitely uh, these are not for the timid. These are revenge films, and they they go hard in a lot of them. Um, Old Boy and Death Wish, while very different movies, one much campier than the other, uh, they both are extreme, and they definitely are not afraid to um, to make you uncomfortable. So. Uh, know that going into any of these, I think again, some more than others, but um, that leads us to number ones. Corey, we're with you. Um, I'm guessing it's a Saulnier v- vehicle. I purposely left that off, off my list. John. Oh my god, Corey, that's what I left off my list. <laughs> um, I have it on my so I had it on my <laughs> list. It was one of the first. I, like I start listing them and then I'll go back later and I'll yeah, like yeah, number the them. Thing. And it was the third one that I wrote down. And then I was like, dang, I just talked about this like last last time we recorded. And I talk about it all the time because I'm a fangirl. And maybe that's a little shameful, but um, I left it off. Well, then I but, don't know what your number one is. Um, I And I've talked about this movie before, too. But I love the character so much. Um, I chose 2009's Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. I love how Shoshana's story ends up like wrapping up yeah um just from the beginning of the film um I get very forgetful and I get really into movies sometimes and I'll kind of forget about things that happened in the beginning of the movie and sometimes both like duh foreshadowing or duh and I'm like well I'm just really you know but I her family's murdered by Nazis and she later ends up owning a theater and she kind of gets in with the Nazis. She's always putting herself into danger, but she's just so courageous. I feel like that sounds so cheesy, but she uses her theater to screen a Nazi propaganda film, and then she just murders them all. Yeah, um, which is interesting, because I saw this movie on the Revenge list uh, that I was looking up, and I, I, I so focus on Brad Pitt's story in the movie, and the 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 bastards um mm-hmm. that i forget that her her storyline mm-hmm. she's really the main character um yeah. and like it, so yeah it's totally a revenge story in that way um but uh because every time i think of that movie i just think of all the the 
scenes with him and and Brad Pitt the, oh, that accent I love the man. bear Jew <clears throat> yeah Eli Roth in second yeah, mention on this episode um, so much I, in that movie I am truly of the opinion and anymore I just feel like we are living in the Matrix because I was talking with one of the kids and you know about what we talk about in our class and then she brought up because they're world history on US um, they brought up that oh we were talking about Nazis I said please 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 tell me and I started to do the, uh, the, the Brad Pitt voice. Yeah, yeah. Nazis. That please, please tell me that's how they pronounced it. And sadly, that it's reference not. went <sighs> was not. But it peaked. You know that way I can further. See, yes. Okay, maybe at some point you can get to into this particular film. This, you know. Uh, so there we are. So what's but it's not on my list. Uh, yeah, it's it's not on mine either. But I do love that movie. Um, it's definitely oh, very yeah. good. How can you not love that? Like the actress a lot too. Uh, I'm probably gonna mispronounce it. It's French, but Melanie Laurence. Um, she's also in The Beginners, and I was kind of looking through her filmography, and I should I want to check out some other things she's done. Well, um, um, and then and then the other takeaway is how I uh, hold my fingers up for the number three. <laughs> oh, that matters. So it makes a difference. Yeah, it does. It does. So <laughs> and of course. Now I, Corey's. If I'm ever in the situation where I'm going undercover uh, yeah. in a hideout, I know how to do that now. Corey's uh, not mentioned him, but she has a huge crush oh. on Michael Fassbender. So <laughs> that definitely, crush. definitely has something not, to do with this movie. Not even mad. Not even mad that he married Alicia Vikander, though. <laughs> yes. Hey, you know, it's a life between oceans. Um, <laughs> uh, Mike, what's your number one? Because I am curious. Um, I've not seen okay. any of your movies so far, so... All right, here we go. So that sentence we've already mentioned set a standard of grittiness that you're going to find extremely difficult to top. And so I, I kind of wanted to go that route, but I, with that said, no other film, to my knowledge, there might be another of my honorable mentions, has left me with a feeling of just griminess and dirtiness uh, from watching it like 1972's Last House on the Left did. Ah, and it would likely give me that feeling again if I watched it again, which I have not. I have not watched it for some while. I gave the remake a go. I knew that was a bad idea. Don't <laughs> bother with it. Um, again, we've had that conversation. Why do they even remake them? True Grit being the exception, that's not generally the case. It's very, very rare that a remake is going to surpass, and the remake does not. <laughs> Uh, Wes Craven manages to keep your suspension of disbelief at bay because there are some several, uh, we mentioned The Matrix, but there's some crazy coincidences that happen throughout the film that um, I've been privy to some weird coincidences in my own personal life, so not quite as crazy as this. So basically it's a revenge tale again. Daughter and her friend are, you know, go off to the big city to get a concert and run into these drugged out people who just enjoy uh, torturing and murdering and they do that to them and happen to end up when they you know are escaping the big city and to the rural areas in the home of the parents of the girl they've murdered mm-hmm. and in a roundabout way they come to find out how that what happened and that's when the revenge sets in it's um the feeling you're left with once it's all over is not pleasant. Keep one of those upbeat flicks handy. You will need it for sure after this particular road trip. And whew, it's well, uh, it's 72. Wes Craven was making this, and 
You can, yeah. I mean, you can tell the budget is low. But man, what a! The, if I remember, this is one of those where they they were promised uh, uh, sickness bags and whatnot. Oh, oh man! Well, um, I um, I I can't say I've seen this. I've avoided it um, because of the subject matter. But I am familiar with it, so at least that that's there. I didn't know this movie existed. I knew who directed it. Um, I knew the remake was supposed to be kind of bad, uh, but also still yeah. tough. Um, because it's of the tough. Matter. But it's it's much more glossy. Mm. You can see the production value is different. It's uh, it's tough to remake it um, because of the way it was made back then. I feel like so a few. Uh, I don't even remember when. Like maybe two or three years ago, I tried to watch "I Spit on Your Grave." That's what I thought was going to be on Mike's list. That was and right. I had to turn it off. Um, on, my, on my honorable mention, we'll talk about that in a second. Or okay. we can talk about it right now if you want. Um, well, I turned it off. I couldn't finish it. I think I got like halfway through and then I just couldn't anymore. And I feel like <laughs> there's going to be some of that probably in this movie. And so I've avoided it as well. Uh, it, there is. Um, I think... Um, uh, uh, Spit on the Grave is much more uh, salacious, the right word. It's just... The whole deal with the the assault in that, and I'll be honest, I watched the remake. I feel like less uh, like a horrible person for it, and ended up watching the sequels of that remake as well. Oh man, N- none are socially. I, I don't feel better for it. It's one of those morbid curiosities. I can say I've seen it. Don't watch them. I wouldn't recommend it in any way. They they're just. Uh, I don't know. That, it's funny you mention that. That is on my. It's the second one on my honorable mentions. Um, actually, actually, I I made a note to include the original and the remakes on honorable mentions, but I wouldn't recommend them. I just you you feel dirty for sure. And turning it off is is definitely. I can see most people doing that, and why I haven't or didn't. I'm really worried now. Uh, I'm gonna have to sit and think. Of, uh, I'm gonna have to sit, sit and think about what I've done. Well, let's move to my number one, which is not nearly as gritty, um, and it leaves you feeling pretty awesome. Uh, and if you've been keeping score, it's pretty obvious. My number one is John Wick. Um, hey! I love Keanu Reeves. I don't love him in everything. Um, Corey knows which movie I'm talking about. Um, <coughs> I uh, I love the, the character he's playing as John Wick. Um, it's one of the best action movies to come out, and it's kind of... I mean, we've, we've seen several films trying to Im- imitate the style from John Wick. Uh, Atomic Blonde, which is the same director, does the it comes the closest. Um, but they've had a few other where they're trying to get this kind of grounded, like, up-close combat, you know, gun kata almost, like, just awesomeness. Uh, and the first one was so good with the world building. And, um, I mean, how do you not cheer for him? Yes, he's a hitman. Yes, he's killing people. But they killed an innocent little puppy. An innocent little puppy, everybody. Just, you know, tiny. And and it was a gift from his dead wife. Wasn't the dog's named Daisy? I think so. And from beyond the grave. From beyond the grave, his wife gifted him this dog, and these evil men killed it. And he killed all of them. And I think that we need to mention that it was over a flippin' car. Over a car. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, and... Uh, they they made a mistake. They they killed the boogeyman's dog. You don't do that. Um, uh, I love the movie. It is it's hard to watch that first scene because it is really sad when the dog is killed. But um, knowing what John Wick will uh, exact his revenge, um, it, it makes it a little a little easier to to get through that scene. 
Um, I've watched this a few times. It, it is up there with my one of my favorite action films, period. But uh, when I thought Revenge, that was the first movie I wrote down, and it stayed number one. So, <clears throat> And that's our, our list, because we've already talked about John Wick, so we don't have to keep going with that one. Um, we'd love to hear from you, but first, we like to do honorable mentions. So, Corey, what are your uh, honorable mentions for this list? Okay, guys. I have Double Jeopardy, My Bloody Valentine, mm. The Package, mm. Carrie, oh. The Fog, and Blue Ruin. Oh, I didn't think about the fog. Oh, fog is good. Guys, yeah, that's, that's like one of my favorite, favorite John Carpenter I, I watched films. that last Halloween, so and I, I loved it, too. I, I was really impressed so with that good. movie. Have you... There's another movie that I really, really, really love. I don't know. Um, and I've talked about it on an episode before. Jeez, and now we're going to... You guys go ahead, and I'll find the title. All right, Mike, what's your honorable mentions? Uh, John Wick was my first one. I already mentioned I Spit on Your Grave. Um, I'm not sure if this falls under the category, but I'm included in any way of Time to Kill. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it could fall uh, under the bench. In, in a roundabout sense. I put <laughs> Old Boy on the list, and my last one was Memento. There's actually a lot of them that I wanted to include. The Crow would have been on there. I could have gone on and on and on. Um, I went with um, L from, uh, I think that was 2016. Uh, it's a foreign film with uh, Elizabeth Huppert. Um, it's, it's a tough, weird movie but it's really good um gangs of new york uh i i i really like uh bill the butcher um you know daniel day lewis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's leo's revenge story there uh and keeping in theme with leo i went with the revenant as well um because you know nice you kill nice. my son and then bury me alive and i'm gonna i'm gonna come get you i'm coming back for you um that's almost the crow by the way uh you know what i mean like in a lot of like because i mean he comes back from the dead you know, it's debatable if he's dead or not, is what I'm saying. So, um, and then, uh, I have to mention it. I, I also had Blue Ruin, but The Punisher, um, technically Definitely. any iteration of it, although the one that I would pick is the Thomas Jane version, <laughs> or if we were, if we, this wasn't top five movies, John Bernthal's Punisher is the best so far on screen, but, um, I, I am a fan of that character. And uh, we mentioned one Tarantino film, so I got to mention the other, Django Unchained. I didn't say that earlier. I love that movie. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's definitely a revenge tale, um, and that's mm-hmm. Christoph Waltz, who we were introduced to in Inglorious Bastard. At least I was. That was the first time I ever saw Christoph Waltz, and I was so blown away with his performance as the uh, the Jew hunter um, that uh, in Django he's playing a good guy, and that was such a cool change because he's so evil. Um, in Inglorious, and then in Django, you're like rooting for him. So, um, like both of those movies quite a bit. Uh, that is everything. Corey, did you find the title of that movie? I did. Dead and Buried from 1981. <coughs> I love that movie so much. And then the movie I wanted to ask Mike if he likes is Dark Man by Sam Raimi. Ah, uh, I like Dark Man. Yo, yes. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That that would definitely fit under this. Um, it that totally. Um. Oh my gosh, Lee Neeson, and then that little tiny cameo by our favorite big chin, um, Campbell. Um, Bruce Campbell. Yes, thank you. Uh, it, uh, right at the end, he he manages to pop up. <coughs> um, oh my goodness, so cheesy! You know, yeah. I'll tell you who got me who got me into that one was my stepdad, and um, just at, who also got me into the Coen Brothers. So there we are. <coughs> Uh, and yeah, uh, that one. 
is one of those comic book because he's not a true comic you know from an actual comic book property but it's so comic and campy and just was doing the crazy stuff mm-hmm. um yeah that, yeah that that one really worked for me i haven't seen that in a long time but i did like that movie a whole lot when i was younger um great i'll watch it yeah it's it's pretty interesting especially because like liam neeson now versus then like it's you know, oh yeah it's crazy Taken like 27 yeah <laughs> um, francis mcdormand mm. oh is she in Darkman? Yeah, I thought oh, she was a love interest. I, it's like I said, it's I was a kid when I saw it, so probably wasn't even aware of who Francis McDormand was yet. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'm if very aware properly. now. But uh, um, and and the crazy part, the villain is played by the guy who played someone that was special needs on LA Law, and I'm like, that he just was so such a different role for him. Oh man. So yeah, um, I, I might need but, to revisit that because there's sequels, but I think Neeson's only in the first. No, one. no, don't don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Arnold Vosloo, who I believe was in The Mummy, was in one of the sequels. None of the sequels are good, worth good. just just leave. They should have left well enough alone. They did bring back, uh, I cannot remember that guy's name, is the villain because it was the return of Durant. But still, it wasn't enough. It's just, it doesn't have that Raimi touch. And so there we are. Corey, what was the name <laughs> of the one you Because I want to add to my watch list. Oh, Dead and Buried. Thank you, Dead and Buried. It rings a bell, but I can't. And then the hand of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's our top five revenge movies, everybody. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. What, what did we leave off? What's your top five revenge movies? Uh, email us at contact at BerkReviews.com. That's contact at BerkReviews.com. You can follow us on social media. I am at BerkReviews. Corey? At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. And Mike? At ServerMonkey, and I just posted on my story to see what people's go-to revenge movies are. Oh, very good. And um, you can also read my reviews and anyone else's stuff that they write. We don't get too much support, but Corey just posted um, what's coming and going in September on Netflix. So check that out if you're if you're a Netflix subscriber and you want to see uh, what new movies. Uh, my favorite movie of all time, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, is getting added this month to Netflix. Um, so Yay! If, yeah, if you haven't seen it or you haven't seen it in a while, that's an opportunity to check it out. Um, and that is it for this episode. Until next time, keep watching movies. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts covering the entire movieverse as something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers. Mm-hmm.